Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Rich Trapolino, and these are the tech headlines for the week that was. Snap launched a new feature in Snapchat called Spotlight, a dedicated space with short, entertaining videos in a vertically scrollable feed. Snap says its algorithms will personalize feeds with the most engaging recent snaps, and the feed will be human-moderated. The algorithm will look at how many views a snap gets, how long people watch it, if it's frequently skipped, and whether it gets shared. Spotlight will feature snaps from both private and public accounts by either sending to Spotlight directly or posting it in the Our Story feed. Snaps from private accounts won't feature attribution, with no way to comment or message the creator. Snap also says it will pay over $1 million a day to users who create top Spotlight snaps for the rest of 2020. The California Public Utilities Commission approved the Drivered and Driverless Autonomous Vehicle Deployment Programs that allow for paid autonomous ride-hailing services in the state. The state expects it will take several months for companies to be accepted into the programs. Operating an autonomous ride-hailing service will require submitting quarterly reports that include anonymized pickup and drop-off information, the availability of wheelchair-accessible rides, fuel and electric charging types of vehicles, vehicle and passenger miles traveled, and working with disadvantaged and accessibility communities. Previously, the CPUC allowed for autonomous testing in the state, but not for paid autonomous vehicle services. Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan confirmed that the PlayStation 5 is completely sold out during an interview with the Russian news agency TASS. He said the supply shortage likely would have happened without COVID-19, but that launching in the middle of a pandemic was a challenge he wouldn't recommend. China's National Radio and Television Administration announced tighter regulations on live streaming, requiring that hosts and gift givers register with real names. The regulations also set caps on how much viewers can gift streamers and ban teenagers from giving gifts entirely. The regulators also said it will ban streamers from platforms for repeated violations. In July, Comcast reimposed data caps in 27 states, but raised it to 1.2 terabytes. Starting in January, Comcast will expand data caps to the rest of its territory, but won't start charging until March. Overages cost $10 for every 50 gigabytes, with a max of $100 a month. Comcast offers unlimited for an extra $30 a month. Comcast says the median usage among its customers is 308 gigabytes. Data caps are mostly used to generate revenue, and they're considered ineffective in managing congestion. The U.S. FCC rejected ZTE's petition to remove its designation as a national security threat. This means the FCC's Universal Service Fund cannot be used to buy equipment and services from ZTE. That fund is used to subsidize building telecommunications infrastructure in underserved areas. Companies are allowed to spend their own money to buy ZTE equipment. The European Union proposed legislation Wednesday that would create an EU-wide data marketplace for sharing industrial and government information. It's comparable to what GDPR has done for personal information. Administrative data like health records, census results, and industrial data created by digital transformation could be shared more often as long as it's protected under European standards. For instance, data would need to be protected from demands by foreign governments and only exported to countries that offer protections equivalent to the EU. The new law would also create data brokers to work as intermediaries between data providers. Twitter announced it's relaunching its verification process with new guidelines. The new system will roll out in early 2021, but Twitter is asking its users for feedback on the draft guidelines. Requirements for verification vary by category, but include references on companies' websites, media coverage, and other standards of notability. You can take a survey on the policy by December 8th or tweet your thoughts with the hashtag verificationfeedback. After receiving and considering feedback, Twitter will finalize the policy on December 17th. 
Reuters sources say Foxconn is shifting some iPad and MacBook assembly from China to Vietnam. A new factory for the production is being built in the country's northeastern Bacjiang province, with plans to open in the first half of 2021. The move is an attempt to diversify production away from China in light of ongoing trade tensions with the U.S., although it's unclear how much production will actually be taken on by the new facility. Reuters previously reported that Foxconn committed to investing $1 billion to expand iPhone production in India. The European Parliament voted to approve a resolution supporting consumers' right to repair. While the resolution is not legislation in and of itself, it does call on the European Commission to develop and introduce mandatory labeling to provide clear, immediately visible, and easy-to-understand information to consumers on the estimated lifetime and repairability of a product at the time of purchase. While not part of this vote, France is set to introduce its own repairability ratings on smartphones, laptops, and other electronics in January. The UK's Department of Digital, Culture, Media, and Sport plans to create a digital markets unit designed to enforce a new code to govern the behavior of platforms that currently dominate the market, such as Google and Facebook. This code will look at if actions by those platforms disadvantage consumers, small businesses, and news publishers. The DMU will have authority to suspend, block, and reverse decisions made by the platforms, order actions to be compliant with its code, and issue financial penalties for non-compliance. The DMU will operate as part of the Competition and Markets Authority and begin work in April 2021. And finally, the New York Times reports that Amazon hired 427,300 employees from January to October of this year, with a global workforce now of 1.2 million, up 50% on the year. Amazon currently has 810,000 workers in the U.S. Most of these hires are warehouse workers, but also include software engineers and hardware specialists for its cloud and streaming businesses. This total does not account for the 100,000 temporary workers brought on for the holiday shopping season or the estimated 500,000 contractor delivery workers. Logistics consultants at MWPVL International found Amazon tripled the number of U.S. warehouses for last-mile fulfillment in the U.S. in 2020. Remember, for more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to Daily Tech News Show at dailytechnewsshow.com. And remember to rate and review Daily Tech Headlines wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And from all of us here at Daily Tech Headlines, remember, have a super sparkly day.